0: Thank you for listening to the soul city church podcast be sure to follow us on our facebook and instagram at soul city church for more information visit us on our website soulcitychurch.com that's so cool to see our partners our friends and family here on the west side and also in El Salvador, as well as Moala Canyon. You know, it's so cool to hear the Christmas story uh, from them. My name is Jarrett Stevens. I'm just from, I'm from down the street. I'm not from anywhere all that special, but it's good to see you. Can I wish you a Merry Christmas? Can I, Merry Christmas to you, Soul City? Nope, 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 nope. And this is really, you only get to say this a few more times. Let's try that again. Merry Christmas, Soul City. Merry That's what we were looking for right there. Merry Christmas. We are so grateful that you would carve out time of this what can be sometimes a crazy busy full season to stop and reflect on this good news of great joy that a savior has been born that's what this is actually all about and i don't know about you i i love christmas does anyone here love christmas like you love christmas anyone let me hear love christmas good that's a little bit of a risk, because one of someone would go boo, boo, Christmas, that would not be cool. But I love Christmas. I love all of the traditions. I love all of the Christmas food. I love all the Christmas songs, and I'm of the firm belief that they should start after Thanksgiving. I think that's in the Bible. I'm not sure. I love Christmas morning. Anyone know love Christmas morning? There's something so special about Christmas morning. Seeing all the presents under the tree. You know the only thing better than seeing all the presents under the tree? opening all the presents under the tree, right? And the joy that comes from it, right? Whether you're Ralphie opening up your Red Ryder BB gun or whether you're the Nintendo 64 kid, do you remember him, how excited he was? Or maybe you're just like the Peloton woman who's uh, trapped in her house by her husband <laughs> trying to ride her way to freedom on a stationary bike. We pray for her, um, or the joy, like we see here, this is our daughter Gigi, who's just in the choir there. This is when uh, we gave our kids uh, a couple years ago our puppy Moses, and he wouldn't stay in the box. He kept popping his head out of the box and, and ruining the surprise. That feeling, that's, that, that joy that we feel around Christmas, that feeling that we're all, I think, looking for, and that feeling that we're actually all longing for. And it's not all about it. We know that it's not actually all about the gifts, right? You know that it's not all about the gifts. It's not all about getting a couple days or a week off of work or off of school. It's not about the fact that it's above 40 degrees in Chicago (laughs) for a few hours. It's not actually, it's not about all those things. Those are all good. I think deep down all of us know that at the heart of Christmas, there is great joy. There actually is good news. That God has given himself to us. He's given us the greatest gift of all in his son Jesus. And that's life. New life. Real life in him. And I think there's something in every human heart and our soul that wants to recognize that, wants to see that, wants to feel that. But if we are to be honest, Christmas doesn't always feel that way, does it? Sometimes that that heart of Christmas, that gift of Christmas is hard to come by, isn't it? Maybe it's that way for you this year. Maybe it feels like like that gift of Christmas that we're all looking for and longing for got lost in the mail somewhere for you. Maybe this is a different Christmas than you thought it would be or hoped it would be. Different than last year, certainly. Maybe you're in a new city, you've moved, and so it's different, it's different. You're far from family, that's different. Or maybe home isn't a safe or healthy place for you to be. So it doesn't quite feel like all the feels that everyone else seems to be feeling, right? Maybe for you this year, brought a diagnosis that you weren't expecting, or the loss of a job, end of a relationship, or the death of someone that you love as you come around this Christmas, it's, it doesn't feel like it, at the very least, like it used to, or it doesn't feel maybe like you want it to. And I don't know how this Christmas finds you, but I think all of us find ourselves asking at some level, I think we want to know, how do I not miss the gift of this Christmas? Like, we only got a couple days left. How do you not miss it? How do you not miss the gift that's at the heart of Christmas? And I think to, to, to get to the, the gift of the heart of Christmas is you, you got to go back to that original story and you got to look at, at who this gift was actually for and how this gift came to us. If you're looking for that heart of Christmas, that gift of Christmas, you got to look at who it was for and how it came to us. And to do that, I just want to walk you through a couple verses in the Bible in Luke chapter 2. You don't have to open a Bible, turn there, we'll put them up on the screen for you. But I want you to think about this. Let's start with that question of who. Who was this first Christmas, first four? Like who was it told to? Who was the who involved? In Luke chapter two, verse eight, it introduces us to what I know all of us would say are probably pretty familiar characters. Luke chapter two, verse eight says that there were shepherds living out in fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks by night. Now, all of you are familiar with the shepherds, right? You've maybe seen an nativity scene or have an nativity scene. They're all cute. They're all gathered there, right? Little shepherds, right? Do you know that it's so easy for us to over-sentimentalize these shepherds to the point that we actually overlook how significant it is that this is who God told this story to. This is who he made his announcement to was these shepherds. Because the shepherds in this story are actually nothing like what we think of in our mind or what fills all of our kids' Christmas pageants. So like, real talk, Did anyone here ever play a part or dress up in a school or church pageant and played a part of a shepherd before? Raise your hand if you were ever a shepherd before. Raise your hand. Like four of you? Okay, cool, cool, cool. <laughs> My theater nerds, good to see you. All right, good. Well, typically the shepherd actually is a bit part. It's, it's like an extra, right? It's not a really big speaking line. It's okay. It ain't no shame in that, right? But I want to let you know that I was in third grade. I was cast as a shepherd and I brought receipts. <laughs> This is me, and I play the part of Josiah in our production of A Certain Small Shepherd. I'm sure you've heard about it. It got rave reviews. And in this production, I was not an extra. I was the star. And I had lines and everything. I even had two solos in this. And my mom made me this costume, and it was easily the itchiest thing I've ever worn in my life. Like, through New Year, I was itchy from this costume, right? That little cute little picture over there, that little guy dressed as a shepherd, nothing like what shepherds were like in the original story. I hate to burst your Christmas bubble, but it was nothing like what they were actually like. Do you know that in Jesus' day, in that time, Middle Eastern culture, 2,000 years ago, shepherds were actually considered outcasts of society, second-class citizens, but just because of their occupation. And in fact, they were often, the job of shepherding was relegated to uh, the youngest member of the family. Because again, in that culture that day, the oldest member of the family, oldest male specifically, had all the rights. The youngest had very little. And so lots of times the youngest would be the shepherds. And in fact, you may not know this, but lots of times shepherds were actually girls. Because again, in that culture in that day, women had less of a value than men. And so lots of times this second class job was given to women. So lots of shepherds were young girls. And they were considered thieves, liars. in fact, in public, they were called sinners. Just because of their occupation. Just because of their sheping. I don't know what the verb is. Shepherding, I guess, is the verb there. They're shepherding. It's It's in the... Okay, anyway. So just because of what they did, people called them sinners. You're a sinner just because you're a shepherd. And because they were considered sinners, they actually weren't allowed to participate in religious ceremonies practices, all because they were shepherds. And then there's, on top of all that, there's the fact that they did, okay, they did spend most of their time talking to animals, and they smelled like sheep. That is true. But there's no reason to treat them this way. Not a lot of Instagram influencers that were shepherds in those days, right? It's a low position. That's who God revealed this story to. That's who he made his grand heavenly debut to was to these shepherds. This is about as human as you can get were these shepherds. See, God didn't start from the top like we would do, the most important influential people, and then work his way out there. No, God actually started from the bottom and worked his way out. God actually started from the folks that didn't have it all together, didn't have it actually all figured out. Started from the bottom and worked out from there. Started with outcast and worked out from there. He didn't start with the biggest and the brightest and the best. That's not who he told the story to. He started with the least and the lowliest and the last. That's who this story was to. And I think that's incredibly significant because the gift of Christmas is either for everyone Or it's for no one. It's not a gift like God says it is. If it's not for everyone, then it's for no one. It's no good to anyone. So what God does here by revealing who he chooses to reveal this radical moment where God comes and takes human form, he reveals to these shepherds to say, no, this gift is for everyone. And I'm going to demonstrate that to you by who I go to first. Pretty powerful, right? And then this is what we see the angel actually Go on to tell these lowly shepherds. In fact, in Luke chapter 2, verse 9, it begins to tell the the story that the angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, glory of God filled around these lowly shepherds. Can you imagine that? And they were terrified, and you would be too. Verse 10, but the angel said to them, do not be afraid, because I bring you good news that will cause great joy. All right, wait for it. I, I realize it's Sunday night at 5 o'clock. And you all, I mean, you've had a long day. A lot, a lot of things going on. So I'm going to let you know the rules before we get to it. When I pause on a word, I'm going to come up with this verse. I'm going to pause. When I pause, you shout out the next word. Does that make sense? It says, Eat, Sunday, I'm going to repeat this because it's Sunday night at 5 o'clock. I'm going to pause on a word. You shout out the next word because I want you to get how important it is. And I want to make sure you're awake. Okay? So listen to this now. It says, this is, I bring you good news that will cause great joy for... All the people, and you know who all the people includes you, me, all people, and do you know how God demonstrated that it's for all people? He started at the bottom, he started with who we would consider the lowest, the last. This is for all people, and it's good news of great joy, great joy. And he goes on to say that today in the town of David. A Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the long-awaited, the long-promised one. It is him. He is the Lord, verse 12. And this will be a sign. Now pay attention to this. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Now, again, it's so easy for us to just go, oh, yeah, isn't that sweet little baby Jesus in the manger? It's so all swaddled up there. But listen to what the angel said, wrapped in cloths. Those cloths were probably torn strips of Joseph's robe. Because they they had nothing with them. They were not prepared for this moment. And the manger is actually an animal's feeding trough. That's where the animals were eating out of just moments before Jesus was born. That's what they laid him in. Now, does that seem like a royal grand entrance to you? Does that seem like the, the royal treatment that Jesus is actually worthy of? As we just sang in that song a minute ago, he is worthy. Does that seem like that kind of entrance to you? You think about just how we treat the, the birth of royals in our world today. Anyone, does anyone here remotely interested in the royal family in England? Like you follow or you watch The Crown, just raise your hand. It's, okay, it's the same four people. All right. <laughs> Your kids unite. Okay, so no, but some, I think there's some more like Brit heads here that you're into like British culture and all that kind of stuff. Okay, so this was really fun. Totally could not have planned this, but Jeannie and I and our staff actually had the opportunity. We went to a conference in London this last year. It was a huge opportunity for us. And We were there the week that Meghan Markle and Prince Harry were having their son. Their child was going to be born. And the town was on watch. All of London. Shops were getting ready to shut down early. TVs were on to watch and wait for the birth of this child. You'd think it was the second coming of Jesus, the way this town was reacting. Which is actually nothing like the first coming of Jesus. (laughs) Because what we see here is he comes in the most humble way. That's how he chose to make himself known to us. That's how he chose to become one of us. See, I think it's so easy at Christmas time. It's so easy because of all of our songs and all of our traditions and all getting dressed up and all the parties, all the things like that. It's so easy to think that this is how the Christmas story is. It's all wrapped up like a neat little gift, nice and perfect and all tied on top with a little bitty bow of going to church at the end of it all, right? It's all like neat and clean and perfect. And this is how it's so easy to think of the story of Jesus. And in a sense, because of that, to kind of keep yourself at a distance from the story of the birth of Jesus. But do you know how the birth of Jesus actually happened, how it actually Occurred as we just read, this is what it actually looked like. This is how it was wrapped. Jesus came to earth in a Mariano's bag of all things. (laughs) I don't know if that part's in the Bible. It didn't look like this, it looked like this. And think about it if I were to show up at your house on Christmas morning first thing you would probably say is, how did you get in? Um, but then if I, if I were to say to you, hey, I, I, I came today because I, I got you a gift. But you get to choose which one you want. I got your gift. Pick whatever one you want. Let's be honest. Which one are you going to pick? You're you're not going to pick, like, I don't know, mystery cheese in the Mariano's bag. I don't even know what that is, right? You're going to pick the beautifully wrapped gift and box, right? Because that's how we think it's actually supposed to be. But what we see from what we just read in Luke chapter 2 is that this is how Jesus came into our world. The most unexpected way to the most unsuspecting people. Why? Why would he go to such great lengths to come in such a humble way? I think, I think that Jesus came as he did so that you could come as you are. I think he came as he did so that you could come just as you are this Christmas. He came so humbly, took on such human form so that you could come just as you are. That is the gift of Christmas. That's good news of great joy. He came as he did so that you could come just as you are. And look, if I, were to be, if I were to be really, 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 really honest with you, this is how I want my life to look this Christmas. This is what I want you to think of my life this Christmas. Like, oh man, they put him in a nice fancy Christmas suit. Everything must be going great. Looks great on Instagram. Everything's going great, right? This is how I want you to think. But if I were to be really honest, this is kind of how it feels coming into this Christmas for me. And if you're a part of our church, or you know Jeannie and I, you know this has been one of the hardest years our family has ever walked through, ever. Earlier in the spring, my dad suffered a massive stroke, requiring full-time care. So for the first time in my life, my mom and dad aren't actually in the same house together. My dad's being cared for. My mom's alone at Christmas. That's not what I would have chosen. And if you know us, you know that shortly after that, this summer, quite um, tragically and unexpectedly and out of the blue, Jeannie lost her brother Andy. He died unexpectedly, suddenly, leaving his son, his wife, our family in a deep, deep grief. And, you know, there's been lots of firsts without him since he died this summer. But Christmas was tough. It was tough. For me, it was personally, it has been tough because I miss, I just, I I miss my brother. I I just wish he was here. I wish it looked like this again. I miss his laugh. I miss the way he loved our kids. I miss miss the way he loved his son. He loved his wife. He loved his mom. He loved his family. I miss the fact that when we would gather for Christmas together as an extended family, I would make him wear the Santa hat because I didn't want to mess up my hair, and he would. I just miss him. And this Christmas doesn't doesn't look or feel like this for us. It's, It's kind of more like this. And I wonder if there's anyone else here that maybe Christmas feels a little bit more like this for you. And isn't it good news that Jesus came as he did so that you could come just as you are. No matter how this Christmas may find you, you can find him by coming just as you are. That God would make himself that available to you, that this is actually good news for all people, including you. The great gift of Christmas is that God actually came. He came for people just like you. That's good to know, right? He came for people like you, and he came for all the people that you don't like. Oh, think about that. I know you've tried to convince him, like, God, you should not like them either. But he came for all the people that are like you and the people you don't like. You know that, right? He came for all the people that believe in him, and he came for every single person that will never believe in him. He still came for them too. He came for people who actually do have it all together. Thank God for them, and he came for the rest of us. (laughs) Guess this, this is important. He came for Democrats. Can you believe that, God? He came for Democrats. Wait for it, wait for it, wait for it. And Republicans. Can you please see? I'll let you a little cliffhanger there. And independents and people who don't care about political labels. Do you know that Jesus actually came for every single person in the comment section? (laughs) Even though they act a fool with what they say. He loves them. He came for them. He came for people that don't look like you, don't live like you, don't love like you. He loves them. That's the great gift of Christmas is you can come just as you are because of how he came. You don't actually have to try and have it all together to turn to him this Christmas. You don't have to have it all figured out to find him this Christmas. You don't listen to this. You don't have to come to church every week. You don't have to come to church once a month. Okay, let's be real honest. You don't have to come to church once a year to come to Jesus. To find him as he is this Christmas and to me that's good news that's what we're looking for I think that's what we're longing for at Christmas and I just don't want you to miss it you know I've heard this story my whole life I've, I've just I've been around this Christmas story my whole life for the last 20 over 20 almost 25 years now I've been giving Christmas messages and you know, every year when I start to plan and write out the Christmas message, I look at the text, I look at the story and go, huh, same story. <laughs> Hasn't changed. <laughs> Got to think of something new to say this year. There's no, like, plot twist that all of a sudden appears one year. It's the same characters in the same order. The story doesn't change. But that doesn't mean that the story can't change you this Christmas. It doesn't mean that this Christmas can't be changed for you. That you can't finally just come and say, all right, here I am. I got all these questions, I got all this hurt, I got all this fear, I got all this mess, but if you came like you did to these lowly shepherds, you came like you did, with no notoriety, born in obscurity, in strips of cloth, in a manger, if you came as you did, then maybe this Christmas I can come as I am. And that's really our whole hope for you this Christmas. Is that however this Christmas may find you, you would find him this Christmas. And so I want to pray that you are able to do just that, that you don't miss it. So I'm actually going to ask you to stand, and I want to pray with you, and I want to pray for you. If you'd be willing to stand where you are here watching online, even if you're in a Starbucks, just stand up. No one's going to know why you're standing up. Stand up. You can do that. And we take a couple postures of prayer around here at Soul City. Maybe you were around church growing up, or maybe you heard that when you pray, you're supposed to fold your hands. And we say this all the time. You know that's actually not in the Bible. They just told you that as a kid so you don't poke the people next to you and distract them during prayer. We just think there's a better way to pray. We open our hands up when we pray lots of times because we just think, ah, that makes more sense. And especially given what we just walked through, this whole experience, I can open my hands up to say, yeah, I want to receive you as you are, God, and all your glory and all your humility that you you came with. I want to receive you as you are. And you know what else it says when you open your hands up to him? I want to offer myself as I am just as I am. I want to offer myself to you. I think that, that makes a lot more sense. So can I, can I pray with you? Can I pray for you right now as we do that? Jesus, thank you first and foremost that you came. You came to us. You came to be with us. You came for us. But thank you specifically for how you came. Thank you for who you came for. Would you remind us that we can come to you just as we are this Christmas, that we don't have to pretend, we don't have to put on any pretense, we don't have to try and have it all figured out. We can come to you just as we are because of how you came to us. So Jesus, thank you. That's good news. Of great joy. And so God, I pray for each one of my friends here that they would have a sense of that, they would experience that, that this Christmas would be changed, would be different, would be transformed because of your love. We thank you for all of who you are and all that you've done. And we want to say as best we can, we love you this Christmas. Thank you, Jesus. We love you. It's in your name that we pray. Amen.